to this special podcast in which we will be comparing the coronavirus and the Black Death. As the host, you might want to start off. <clears throat> the Black Death was caused by a bacterium called the bacterium Yersinia pestis. It transferred or it circulated among wild rodents which lived in men's areas. And these rodents had infected fleas on them, which then could jump to the humans and infect the humans. On the other hand, we have the coronavirus, which causes COVID-19. The virus is actually called SARS coronavirus 2. This virus, which was first detected in human beings in Wuhan, China, after mutating and jumping over to humans, started spreading around the whole world. Also, the Black Death originated from Central Asia. The rodents found their way to Europe with Italian trading ships. During that period, Europe had developed its international trade by minimizing transportation time, increasing capacity, and reducing losses due to better routes. This led to an increase in epidemic diseases. People lived in denser areas, and diseases were easily spread over the whole world even though the ability to organize countermeasures was still minimal. The coronavirus also spreads by people having contact with each other. At this point, we don't have a patient zero who spread the virus, but we can just assume that the virus spread because people live in dense areas in Asia and there are many viruses have originated before. And at the end of the day, I just think that it was a matter of time for something like this to happen. Yesterday, the total number of detected cases worldwide passed 1 million, just like all of Brussels had the virus. Probably many more have the virus without anybody knowing it, as we cannot test everyone there is on this earth. At the moment, there aren't any really accurate numbers because we don't really know who has the virus, and because each country counts the deaths in a different manner and well I think that after the situation calms down we will have a clearer view on this with more uh, data but uh, I mean if we cannot do this well with all our technology I wonder how this was in the 14th century in the 14th century there were many people that were infected and the doctors were unable to cure this plague. So after six to five, uh, six to ten days, 80% of the patients died. That meant that one third of Europe's and half of Asia's population died, which in total caused 75 to 200 million deaths in Eurasia. This is our second episode for the discussion or comparison between the coronavirus and the Black Death. We will now discuss the response by the government and the people. Karl, do you want to lead the way? Sure, thanks for that introduction. Over here in Europe, but also in other countries in Asia which are affected by the coronavirus, governments decided to impose lockdowns. They closed schools, kindergartens, shops, 
forced travel restrictions and thereby simply limited movement of people to avoid them having contact with each other and eventually prevent people from transmitting the virus to others. How was the reaction of the government 700 years ago? Well, some good preventative measures were taken. For example, some areas decided to turn away ships from infected areas. Travelers had to go into quarantine. That's also where the word comes from. 40 days of isolation. Then um, some set restrictions on import and export and travel and trade. But these restrictions were often taken too late and many people died. Other communities didn't do anything to prevent the plague, but they were also just not prepared to do anything. The people, they thought it was that God was punishing them because the people back then were very religious and they responded with religious penitential acts, passivity and fatalism. So they didn't go to doctors, but prayed and prayed. Um, Some cures were tried, like strapping live chickens around the buboes, the the things that were created by the bacterium, or drinking specific potions, but nothing really helped. Well, in our society here in Belgium, but also around Europe and all over the world, I think, we are rather supporting each other. For me, going out to clap at 8 o'clock is the best moment of the day. When everyone goes out and claps, when we are all united as a society and show our appreciation to those who work in hospitals, I think we show how solidarity, one of the most important values of the European Union, still works and how we are stronger if we are united. Also, by just respecting the lockdown, staying at home, we help others. The great solidarity people show in these difficult times gives me much hope. We might come out stronger and more united after this crisis, especially in Europe. Yeah, but it is interesting because also in the 14th century, Europeans targeted groups and communities which they thought had caused or started the disease. For example, Jews were less affected because they had better sanitation standards, but Christians thought they were just the ones causing the deaths by poisoning water supplies in order to destroy the European civilization. And thus, they started to destroy many Jewish Jewish towns and communities and persecuted Jewish people. That's something humans have always been trying to do. They try to find someone to give them the blame. We can see this now too, as Asian-looking people are avoided or the Chinese government's theory of the virus coming from the USA. These crazy theories are truly a terrible parallel, though our sense for solidarity is something which gives us much hope as we are all affected by this pandemic no matter where we come from or how we look like. Yeah, even though now in this situation we should all uh, hold together because it is a pandemic and it affects the whole world and everybody now, so... In the 
the third part of this podcast, we'll be speaking about the consequences such a pandemic as the coronavirus right now or the Black Death hundreds of years ago have on our lives. We'll be comparing those now and let's start with the first question for Paula. How did the pandemic affect politics in the 14th century? Well, we all know the feudal system and serfdom. So a lord had peasants which worked for him who then gave them land in return. But as now many people died and there were only a, a lot less peasants who could work the land, peasants started um, demanding uh, higher wages because they had to work more. And at first, laws were put up that resist, resisted these demands, but finally peasants were able to, to get higher wages. And with that, they were able to increase their standard to live because um, they had more money. And out of that, the serfdom and the whole feudal system finally came to an end. And economic inequality was lowered. How do you think the coronavirus will affect politics, Karl? I am a convinced European, and therefore I hope that this crisis pulls us further together instead of pulling us apart. I think more EU-level cooperation such as, for example, an EATC for material to cope with CBRN threats would be a great thing. This means that the European Air Transport Command could get the competences to transport material to cope with chemical, biological, radiologic and nuclear threats to and take that material to countries in the European Union in case of emergency. That would see, for example, medical ventilators being transferred from, say, Germany to Spain. In case of a pandemic, medical material would could be brought to the place where it is most needed. A big transport command would be eventually needed if the EATC was to do this on its own. Probably the member states would have to invest more. I think that would be a great European project. Furthermore, I personally expect that we will have more coordination, current research programs, action plans, more exchange of medical data and so on. The EU and the USA could also become more inward-looking and nationalism could become a very important movement in Europe and in the worst case, the European Union might decay. We can see it, for example, with Viktor Orban. He has been given total power by the parliament where he has the majority and is basically an autocrat now. These are terrible um, developments, but uh, well, we will need to see how we can cope with this. And do you believe that the European or the worldwide economy will change? Yes, I think they will change. And well, there are two scenarios, the V scenario and the L scenario. In the V scenario, the economic performance drops but as nearly no jobs are lost, the economy recovers soon and gets to the same level in little time after the crisis. 
to get to this positive scenario, the European Union must act right now by, for example, setting up a European fund to um, help firms like, for example, SMEs, which are the backbone of the European economy and uh, they need to survive the crisis to avoid a big economic crisis and the L scenario, which will maybe be followed by a social and political crisis. This L scenario, um, what happens there is that the economic performance drops but then stabilizes and doesn't recover but stays at low level. The possible loss in demand and capital for investment could be high because people lose their jobs and we would have a very low economic performance compared to the last decade of recovery. The second scenario could affect the worldwide trade and, well, I wonder whether there was something like this after the Black Death. Well, restrictions for exports and import did not really have a radical impact since it was only the beginning of international trade and communities were still not dependent on it. There were local markets, which then often were left abandoned or there were a lot less people because they all died of the Black Death. But so export and import was not a big influence. But um, where agriculture comes in, um, new labor-saving technologies were invented to heighten productivity because the less people could work the land. So also the production shifted from mainly harvesting grain to the keeping of animals because that... Uh, or especially sheep, because these needed less workers to care for them. But how is the help being financed now? Help for businesses, at least here in Europe, is being financed through government debt. That means that governments spend a lot of money to save businesses and lends money to firms in an attempt to save as many businesses as possible to avoid an economic crisis after the sanitary crisis. This government debt uh, is sharpened by a loss in income through taxes because there is no economic activity and a steep rise in expenditures to save all those businesses. This is a difficult situation, but if we don't act now, we will regret it in the future and we will have a much bigger problem if our economy doesn't recover soon. And, well, obviously, some governments may be bankrupt if they are not helped soon. I think the EU should do something, and maybe corona bonds will be a solution. But here we get to the structural problem of the Eurozone. We have a common currency, but we don't take up common debt. We don't have the needed regulating mechanisms to control government debt, which will be a huge problem for the future of Italy, Spain and other countries that are very much affected by this virus. This can be a very bad thing for the European Union because some countries might feel like they were left alone 
And here I see the responsibility with those countries who profited most from the euro, like the Netherlands and Germany, to help those countries and save the EU. Mm -hmm. And do you think there were, will be any improvements or differences in future healthcare? This whole European cooperation could help. If more money was available, more research could be done to be prepared for such a pandemic, and maybe more data could be exchanged. But I think the main problem is that our health systems here in Europe have had to take cuts in expenditures and were privatized and are a business aiming to generate as much profit as possible. And therefore, many hospitals are not prepared for such a situation and haven't got enough material to cope with this extraordinary situation. We are not prepared for these masses of patients and we will have to invest a lot in our public health systems. And maybe this creates more jobs in this industry and maybe there is less privatization in the health sector. It might happen, might not happen. Well, we just can't say this at this stage, but, um, well, I hope so. And, uh, well, I wonder, were there any changes in healthcare back in the 14th century? Well, during the Black Death, most people turned to the church for cures because they thought they would be able or God would be able to help them. So doctors were not as common, but examinations were done. And even though they were essentially incapable of curing the infected people, it caused the rebirth of dissection, the rediscovery or discovery of the circulation of blood and the development of public health measures, which to that day was not really common. And so people started being cleaner and having public sanitation standards and so yes it did have an impact on following epidemic um, diseases because people were starting to have better cleanliness standards which they could then follow and like that people slowly started losing faith in the church because no prayer no penitential act was responded and people still continued dying and dying and Like that, and because many priests, which often came into contact with the dying or the dead for funerals, died themselves, the church lost its power over the people. And consequently, the age of faith gave way to the age of reason. So were there in, or will there be in 2020 and the following years any social consequences? This all depends on how many people die how badly our economy is hit, and how it will recover. If many businesses close and many people are jobless, there will probably be a big social and also political crisis as people might lose faith in the system and the politicians as they feel they were abandoned by the government and the threat of big populistic movements could be very real. This week in the United States of America, 6.7 million people applied for jobless benefits. This is a huge amount of people, and these might be tempted by populistic ideas, as I said before. People with rather lower incomes 
have a big problem too, as they will probably get pay cuts as they cannot go to work. It's like the government. Higher expenditures but lower income. Governments must act and help those people, also to ensure the stability of our democracy. This will cause many big movements. And I wonder whether there were any social movements in the 14th century. Well, the main thing was that the peasants, so the working people, had more power over their lords. Because since many people lost their jobs um, and there were less people working, the peasants could go to the lord that was paying more. So this changed the whole relationship between the worker and the employer because workers could decide where they wanted to work considering, considering the better working conditions. And But it also had an impact on the environment because since there were less people working, And um, there was also a lot less demand, so fields were often left uh, abandoned. And those fields that were deforested for the keeping of animals or something in that um, area could finally regrow. And I think probably that is also the case in 2020, right? I just agree partly. On one hand, there is nearly no pollution at the moment. But the economic activity will resume soon. and Therefore, this will just be a little moment of good air and little pollution, but it will be as it was before very soon, I think. On the long run, there will be not many lasting consequences from an environmental point of view. Maybe this period gives us time to think about the way we live also in regard to the nature. But that is a very big process, which will be defining for the years to come. I'd like to come back to what you said about agriculture, and that there were not enough workers to work on the field 700 years ago. Well, I think that's uh, very similar to what we will be having this year. People, often from Eastern Europe, can't come to work on the fields during the harvest. The harvest without foreign workers will be extremely difficult as we need thousands of people and probably voluntary workers will have to do the work this year. Yeah, also during the 14th century, people died of the Black Death, but, but also of malnutrition because they weren't, there wasn't enough food. And I also wanted to go back to the the mood of the people because I think um, during that time a lot of people got uh, represented their feelings and their emotions in art. The you can notice that the art of that period became very pessimistic and it often represented death and was dark. And I think um, that the devastation um, caused the people to express their emotion and um, also put an emphasis on individual differences.
that is very interesting and I wonder whether we will have this now too. Though I must say I doubt it because things change so fast these days. I think there will be more events like this and more determining occasions in the future than this pandemic. Maybe it helps kids understand technology better. Maybe they learn how to use Teams, for example. But these days, I wonder who doesn't know how to use a computer. Mm -hmm. I mean, we ourselves notice the development of technology because everybody we know is either working from home or having online school. And so I think that will have that will become a lot more common, I think, in the future when people aren't able to go to school or, or things like that, uh, it will enable them to still have courses and it will become easier and easier to, um, to follow such uh, online, online jobs or, or school. I think so too. We are very lucky to have the opportunity to have online lessons, unlike many others, who just get an email saying which pages they must do. We should appreciate this, and also we should be thankful for our parents being able to work from home, because others can't fulfill their duties in front of their laptop. For example, if you need to collect the trash, you can't do that in front of a laptop. Uh, if, if you're a doctor, it's, it's impossible. So, yeah, there are many jobs that are outside in contact with the people. And, um, yeah, maybe they are not appreciated that much these days. But I think uh, this pandemic might help us to appreciate others' work a bit more. And um, do you think that overall the effects from this... Um, modern pandemic will be favorable or will mostly have a negative impact on the world? For me, it all depends on the reaction of the government. If they react well, control the crisis and save the economy, the effects will be rather positive. But the rich between a positive impact with a more united European Union and a total catastrophe and big problems is very narrow and we must be very careful not to make any errors at this stage. Could you give us a quick summary of what the consequences of the Black Death were? Um, well, first of all, I want to say that, of course, the loss of a third of Europe's population had a very drastic impact on Europe. And for many years... I think Europe was had or uh, had uh, many negative impacts, but I think in history, on the continuing hundreds of years, I think we can detect ultimately favorable effects because the upheavals, uh, the social, religious, and uh, economic upheavals changed many laws. Um, and the rediscovery of many new ideas led to the beginning of the Renaissance. Thank you so much for having me here and hosting this podcast. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. It, 
was a pleasure and I wish you um, a nice day. Yeah, thank you. Bye.